You're listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Here are your hosts, Fran Chismar and Tom Knezic. Welcome back to The Buzz, brought to you by the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. I am Fran Chismar. And I'm Tom Knezic, and today we're buzzing into episode 71 of our uh, of our podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. And uh, I know we probably have a lot of new listeners. Just looking at our, our listens, I'm assuming there's many of you who are new to the show. Um, so The Buzz, if you listen to the, our last episode, we had a, a meet the guest type yes. episode where we have a guest on. The Buzz is a little bit different. Is where we highlight our favorite plants of the week, share some native plant current events, answer listener questions, uh, share our thoughts on what's going on in the world and yeah, of we, native plants. We get a little more chatty, you yes. know. It's a little have a little more fun. Get a little yeah. goofy sometimes. Yeah, it's a little more loose. We do some spontaneous stuff at the end. We share secrets. Oh. I gotta share a secret today. You gotta my share secret. a secret. I you, did, yeah, I did you, not uh, prepare. I looked at the script and saw my name there. I'm like, Fran didn't change I, this. Nope, <laughs> this I didn't is... prepare, but I got one. I know we talked about one, so but, I think uh, I'm, I'm good to go. And on today's episode, we get to be a little bit of uh, charitable. Woohoo! So that's pretty nice. That's what we were talking about for a while, and you guys delivered. A couple more people bought some shirts and pushed us over that threshold, so that we is, get to give away a little money. That is wonderful news. So. That is wonderful news. So I know we discussed it briefly beforehand, but mm-hmm. we're going to split up what we're donating this time between two. Yes, two Te- organizations. Technically, it's four because we do have those the donation oh, correct uh, or sponsored specific shirts. Yes. So there's certain shirts. The the buzzing about native plants. The the that goes to support the Xerxes Society. Okay. And then. Um, uh, Native Plants for the Birds shirt is, is to support the New Jersey Audubon. Yes. So uh, so that comes a little bit off the top for, for these other two yeah. organizations that we picked. And uh, and we picked two, well, we had one in mind yes. up until last week. And then we said, you know what, after hearing this, we really have to do two. I, I agree. But, I, uh, but both are just, they are so hands-on on what they're doing. And, um, and they're more of a grassroots grassroots efforts and to me for both of these not saying that the other organizations can't use the help but 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 a dollar goes a lot further with these with with these ones and i think they're putting a lot of their own time and a lot of their own money towards it and i know that it would be helpful for them Mm -hmm. for whatever we can we can provide yeah so first up is uh is someone we actually just sat down with um at the nursery within the last couple of weeks, and that's the Sourlands Conservancy. Yes, and you could hear them in one of our really early episodes. Uh, it was the episode Plava. right after my son was born, and yes. now he's a little over a year old. So, uh, yeah, it was a while ago, but that was with Carolyn Clava, and um, and she came to the nursery uh, a couple of weeks ago to shoot some videos of some of the stuff that we do here, and uh, and uh, the the videographer who came with her is on the board for for that organization. So we've done a, a few videos with them now, and yeah. for their educational purposes, and yeah. we're we're grateful to be included in what they're doing. But I love the message that they're yeah. they're spreading, and it's they're an organization who they they do it. We as a nursery at Pinelands Nursery, we get requests for donations for plants all the time, uh, like from everyone. But there's so many people who really aren't doing it on their own. Yeah. They just they say, hey, hey, can you donate something, and then then I'll do it once I get the material for yes. free. Yeah. The Salvation Conservancy is the other way. They're yeah. doing this on their own, 
and we go out of our way to support them yes. because they we know they believe in what their mission is. They aren't doing this because they can get it for, for inexpensive or free. They're doing it regardless of the cost, and it means a lot to them when we are able to give them something. They, they know the importance of it, and they know the importance of getting everyone involved, mm-hmm. and they do a very good job of getting everyone involved. And, yeah. and, and, and they're the right message, you know, if, if – you know, if – it's kind of like the whole message with breeding sweetgrass where you don't own these they're not the plants aren't yours to mm-hmm. profit off of but if you have seeds and you can share with other people and yeah. and and grow this together you know together we can make a bigger difference mm-hmm. and it's it, it it's a great message so we're 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 always happy to help and I'm I'm really proud that that we can support their organization in this way yeah. and number 2 was uh is the native habitat project who we just had on last week and we were both, Fran and I were just both so impressed that he was, he just started this native habitat project within the last two months, um, Kyle uh, did. But we were just so impressed with how he was literally stopping on the roadside and seeing parcel land, contacting the landowner and say, hey, you have some rare plants here. Can I take care of this for you? Yeah. Taking his own time away from his family. And I know he, he's got a, at least one young kid, if not two. But using his own money to create yeah. signs and and. It was just really impressive. Yeah. It was inspiring. It was very inspiring. And it's another situation where we know a little bit of money that we can share with him. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say we. You guys that bought T-shirts yeah. are sharing this with him. Our listeners, goes yeah. a really, really long way. More so than, than a bigger organization where it would be a drop in the bucket. This is like a, a, a lot more impactful. Yeah, after we finished the podcast with Kyle last week, I don't even think we left the office like we Mm-mm. we we exited the zoom and said hey when we have money from the shirts they should be one of our first yep. recipients so and it's and and like you just said tom it, it's not us it's our listener base yeah. and you, you did a wonderful thing by buying t-shirts at, that money will help people that really need help plus you're you're spreading a great message uh by wearing these t-shirts out just uh i i find myself originally i i I got them to wear for for work purposes, but I'm wearing them all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's I love I love the message that it it sends. So yeah, and, everyone, kudos. And we've gotten reports back that people are noticing these shirts when they wear them and getting compliments on them. And it yeah it, it helps spread the message. So we're really happy to be able to do this and uh, and keep buying shirts um, and share them with friends. If the more people that get this is means that we can can help more and more organizations. So yeah. we hope to be doing this for a long long time and have larger sums that we can give away in the future this is just a start yep. so let's let's keep it strong there's we're going to keep coming out with new shirt designs mm-hmm. uh, yeah i've been slacking there i've been saying oh i'm going to put one up this week you, and you, i haven't done you, it yet you know but, what you can't say you're slacking because you have a lot of stuff going on yeah, yeah but, <laughs> so so but i i do have a couple more that i need to get up there um hopefully i'll do it soon no promises this, but there's <laughs> enough there time. you know i know eventually the plan is to have hats oh yeah um and there's mugs there you know mm-hmm. there's there's uh the holiday season coming up that you can uh give them uh along with maybe seed packets or a native plant as oh, a yeah. gift you know it's yeah. a it's a great great message gift that you can you Definitely. can share with everyone Definitely. so but let's get things started this week so and as always we always start with our that's hot uh, segment, which is where we share the plants that we're vibing with this week. So let's kick into it. That's hot. Would you would you like to go first? Yeah, one? I can go. go and ahead. um and I actually just made a, a video that featured this plant and it, and it's a uh, Symphiotrichum uh, Leve. 
which is probably a great way to butcher a botanical name. But uh, and that smooth aster, smooth blue, blue aster, is another name for it. It's pretty pale, especially compared to yeah. uh, like New England aster. It's a lot bluer and and like or a light purple, and uh, really really beautiful. Um, prefers drier soils than than New York or New England aster do for sure. Uh, it tends to stay shorter, like two to three feet. And um, I found in my own garden it can get a little leggy unless you trim it back, which I, I'd recommend with a lot of the asters. Is you know, like end of May, that's a good time to go and, yeah. and cut. I cut everything in my garden back, but asters specifically, if you cut them back, it'll keep them a little bit shorter and compact. And then do it again sometime like end of June is yeah. probably another good time. Yeah, I mean, because you want that late. You know, if you don't trim them back, sometimes you. To me, they start blooming a little earlier than I expect yeah. them to be blooming. Yeah, that so. is a, a big thing with the asters too. If, if, when you do trim them, it'll delay that that bloom period uh, like a week every time you do it. Yeah. And especially with the, the the more of the drier upland species, to me, the wetland species tend to stay a little shrubbier, mm-hmm. and the upland species tend to be a little leggier yep. by nature. So yeah, yeah. just that little that little trim will will help. But, out. And I know with our seed fields, we basically just take a, a brush hog mower and mow them back to probably a foot. Um, like I said, probably early June, end of May, yeah. and uh, and they stay a little bit brushier and and lower, and um, and uh, so there'll be like maybe a foot and a half to two feet when they bloom. But right now is where in our seed field they are just it's a mat of that color, <laughs> and they look really really impressive. Uh, attract a bunch of pollinators. One of the issues we found for us is that they attract deer. Um, so if you are in a place that has a lot of deer, that might not be something you want. And, uh, and our theory is because well, the name smooth aster, they have a smooth stem where some of the other asters have a hairy stem. And, uh, and we, at least our, our hypothesis is the deer don't mind eating this one where the other asters, they don't like that furry sensation mm-hmm. on their tongues. But, uh, but we've also had people who want to attract deer. They want to put it in like food plots or something like that. And that's a native plant they can incorporate. Uh, the big downside I have with this plant mm-hmm. is the bloom time is just really short, in my opinion. It, it's only, it's from when they start to finish, even in our seed field, it is less than a month. Yeah. So it's a pretty quick blooming plant. So. But it's a nice one to have in the mix. Yeah. Especially because oh, yeah. it is a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and definitely it's, it's nice just to have that that mix in there as far as bloom time it's it's okay for me to have one end earlier if other ones are going yeah, longer so yeah. nice little treat good choice good choice awesome and what do you have this week friend i have uh i'm going with itia virginica which is uh virginia sweet spire so to me i i i've loved this plant for a very long time part of it is it has a tremendous burgundy fall color um that that really stands out uh, nice glossy leaf uh in in the spring and summer green leaf um it's an obligate it is an obligate which is funny to think about that but uh it can take drier conditions that you know it, it can take it from dry to very wet um it spreads by suckers uh and underground runners uh so it will get wider and wider as it goes on um it does get three to six foot tall so when you're looking for a native shrub that stays short that's you know it, it stays nice it keeps its leaves long into the to late fall early winter um it's only native though to the mid-atlantic south to florida and west of texas so i think new jersey's really it's southern new jersey yeah, it's its northernmost well. range um but it's to me it's versatile and we even talk about the summer flowers it's a very fragrant mm-hmm. uh summer spike so 
to me, that shrub has a lot of interest. It stays uh, nice and compact and short yeah. and just. Fran, I think you've actually used this plant before. I, I think I have too. Because I remember, I'm like, I remember a story. One of the reasons that this plant always sticks out to me is it's used as the the uh, conclusion of a play called Native Gardens. Oh, and, yeah, and we had that conversation. <laughs> I'm like, I remember having this conversation. We, I think we even did it on the podcast you, before. You know, and I, I can't remember if we did it last fall or if we did it in the summer when it was blooming. I think yeah. we've done it. Yeah. You know, I, I but it's think, a good choice. I it, think it, we've done it, but it's it, for the there's fall, merit. For yeah. fall color, it is like it really, really stands out. And it does hold like to me, like leaves, you know, as far as how it holds its leaves, to me it's like Magnolia Virginiana. It's mm-hmm. like a little bit larger, glossier leaf and just it gets that fall color and holds on pretty long. Yeah. So. Where I've seen it before, I think, is in those like plant this, not that oh, right yeah. ups as a substitution for burning bush. Yeah. Um, now I don't know if like I don't know a lot about burning bush as a plant because I have always worked in native plant nursery, but so I don't know like uh, plant wise if they grow in the same spaces. But I know for fall color that was why they say the plant that's not that. You know, technically because it's not native, I don't think it has a wetland indicator status. So I don't yeah. know the moisture that it provides. Mm-hmm. But there was a um, burning bushes you want them as a latest and there was a compacta so dwarf burning bush mm-hmm. that people would use as hedging you know for the same reasons like to me you could use virginia sweet spire as a beautiful yeah. hedging you know granted it is deciduous but most of you yeah. know in the northeast and that's what they did in the play yeah is that was their resolve is they took down the fence and then they put up a hedge of, of uh virginia, virginia sweet spire yeah so, and and you know I would just ruin the end of this play. I hope no one no one's planning on going to see, <laughs> see plays you no longer need to see. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know I'm laughing that that's one of the jokes in the office is that when I see a show or a movie, I tell everyone the whole premise. Yeah, and they yeah. they call it the segment shows that you no longer need to see hosted by Franchismar. Yeah. So I'm glad that that it was you this time yeah. and not me. Although eventually, I would had I seen it, I would have blurted <laughs> yeah. out. The <laughs> so no, it was it was actually a, it was a good play in my opinion because it was about native plants. Yeah. There's a lot of references to bringing nature home and Dr. Doug Tallamy. Um, you have one couple who loves native plants and wants a native garden, and their neighbor is a, a traditional like English style gardener. There's some race that comes into play. Yeah. There's like age demographics come into play. There's wealth demographics that come into play. So it shows how. It basically is doing exactly what we're trying to do. Yeah. And saying it doesn't matter what your background is, where you're from, like what your income is. This is something everyone should be doing to help benefit the world. That that yeah. actually kind of yeah. leads into my my uh, yeah. this or that. So, so yeah, let's move right into it. And uh, this is our this week's botany based current events. All right. And uh, you know it's a competition. So. <laughs> this is our... You can get with this, or you can get with that. All right, so we we do have a winner because it is a competition, and the winner this week is Tom is back on top, twelve to five. Resound like that was like you yeah. won. I even asked for for votes for you. It got me one Facebook poll. It got so. me. But here's the thing: I knew that the article I picked really only resonated locally. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it was something I wanted to talk about. So I was okay. I was okay not winning that one. But what I have done in my head without telling anyone is create my own new competition. <laughs> and what I did was I started calculating when the uh, That's Hot posts go up on Facebook, whose selection gets more likes. Uh, so oh, yeah. I won the That's Hot <laughs> by two, <laughs> 17 to 15 this week. 
So I just made my own competition yeah, yeah. that I, you're I having won. with your yes. <laughs> so I was like, whatever makes my, you feel better. My friend. choice, my choice got more votes. <laughs> so, but, but no, we did have two really interesting articles. Yeah. Yours was a lot more local, local because yeah. it was about that Jersey native plants program. Yeah, which I will, I would hope to see um, through more states. I know a lot of like a lot of these states have their own taglines for stuff. I'm trying to think what New York's is. Like we in New Jersey, we have Jersey Fresh for produce, yeah. um, Jersey Grown for a lot of the nursery stuff, and then this Jersey Native was going to be another kind of tagline that went along with it. Because those are very successful programs, yeah. so I can understand them wanting to tie into it because it makes sense. And New yeah. Jersey, I know a lot of people don't think about it. You know, if you're not from New Jersey or the 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 Northeast, I think a lot of people see New Jersey and they think of like Trenton, Camden, and Newark, like yeah. the murder trifecta of the, the country. Yeah. And they and think that, of all the, the, the or smog Shore. and the yeah. smell of, of northern New Jersey. They think of the TV show. That's yeah, been the, like the worst part about being from New Jersey is most people know you because of Snooki. Yeah. And <laughs> Who was from New York. They, they yeah. just happened to film the show in New Jersey. Yeah. So it's, you know, a, a good portion of New Jersey is agriculture, mm-hmm. you know, and this reason why it's called the Garden State. Yeah. So it's... Um, it, it's a great program, and I can see why they're pushing. I just had a lot to say on it. I knew yeah. it wouldn't wouldn't resonate with everyone, but that's okay. Yeah. But the article that did resonate with everyone was uh, was all about rethinking when you're going to garden, garden more ecologically, and doing more things in the fall. Which was uh, I don't remember the exact title, but it was written by Margaret Roach, um, yeah. and that was in the New York Times. And even though there was a paywall, I still I still came out on top. <laughs> <laughs> now I I noticed that I, we we had the talk before we went on air that she had another new article uh, this week. Yeah, I, I did not go, go back to the well this wow. time. Wow. Um, well, you do get to choose since you won. If you would like to go first, you or know, if you'd like me. To I go typically first. have you go first, but this yeah. time I'm going to go first. All right. Awesome. And uh, and oh, I forgot to write the art the author in here because I think I know the guy. But um, the title of the article is North American Grassland Conservation North American Grasslands Conservation Act Gaining Traction on Capitol Hill. Oh. And, uh, and it's basically a new um, act that's being proposed. And uh, I, I always try and get into the, the politics thing a little bit. And basically, there was the, the Wetlands Act that happened uh, not that long. I can't remember exactly when it was. That was in supporting of wetlands. This would be in support of uplands. And uh, the article was on Project Upland and was written by... Oh, where's his name? Andrew Spellman. Which oh, I, I know that I name. I know that name. I just don't know why. <laughs> I don't uh, remember where, where I've come across, if I've met him in person or just through through other media sources I've, I've heard. Of I'm, I'm going to have to look it up because now that's, that's driving me crazy why, why I know the yeah. name and I can't think of how. So um, I'll read a little bit from the article, and then I'll give a little bit of my feedback, and uh, starting out with, with the working title of the North American Grasslands Conservation Act, Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever is one of the organizations at the tip of the spear working with legislators to write the language of the bill. The act comes a few months after the organizations, that being uh, Quail Forever and Pheasant Forever, release of their program called Call of the Uplands Campaign, which set a lofty but attainable goal of raising $500 million to conserve 9 million acres, most of that attention occurring in the, the middle of the country, in the middle third of the country, based in the Midwest. Um, and that's because that's where a lot of grasslands are located, not because they don't care about California and, and New Jersey. It's just most <laughs> of the grasslands are there. So uh, Bethany Erb, who is a spokesperson from uh, Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, 
said, uh, we believe the grasslands deserve greater consideration as everything from a component of natural infrastructure to climate resiliency, the gra that grasslands are vastly beneficial for all Americans, not just upland hunters. She said, to put together a policy that conserves and enhances grassland areas and the sagebrush ecosystems is going to create more huntable populations and will help sequester carbon. Our proposed legislative framework is entirely voluntary and additive to farming and ranching operations, which was a very important component for us. We feel it's the ecological solution to many conservation conundrums we're in right now. And uh, there's eight organizations that are currently are signed on to endorse this legislation, um, which in, in, alongside of Pheasant Forever and Quail Forever. Uh, that's the National Wildlife Federation, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, uh, the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership, which is an organization I've requested to have on. I've talked yeah. to their people a little bit because I'd heard some interviews with them yeah. that were really enlightening. And um, their president, Whit Fosberg, actually, I, when I heard him speak, was saying how the stuff they were trying to do was so beneficial that it didn't matter who he was talking to, he had something to offer them. It yeah. was if you were talking to people in, in New Jersey, you're going to take a completely different approach, and you weren't being like untruthful yeah, you were telling dishonest. the truth about yeah. what your how the, your program benefited them but it, the benefits may be completely different to someone from montana yeah. or someone from texas but it benefited everyone is what they were backing That's so awesome. that was an interesting organization um the national deer association which we had on yeah. with uh, kip adams a long time ago uh the north american grouse partnership land trust alliance isaac walton league of america which i've never heard of and then the the wwf not the wrestlers the world wildlife wow. fund so um and basically this bill like i said was backed off of the the north american wetland conservation act uh that bill was responsible for supporting 1.6 billion in federal grants which converted into six billion dollars after the matching of non-federal and private partnership funds um it has supported 2900 projects over 30 million acres of wetlands and grasslands in each state and um it created 7500 jobs throughout its 30-year life so i guess this, that was quite a while ago and, uh, and $20 million in earnings. So this North American Grasslands bill is based off of that North American Wetlands bill. That's awesome. So, uh, And then additionally, an important piece of the framework mentioned above is that there's private landover incentives um, similar to what's been done with uh, the Conservation Reserve Program in the past where they would basically give landowners money to basically not farm their land. It was a way to, one, affect crop prices and commodity prices because now you have less production, so it wasn't driving down that price. But you'd have the benefits. Just from leaving the field fallow, you have all sorts of stuff come up, all sorts of grasses. Uh, a lot of goldenrods come up, so you have pollinated benefit. It's really awesome habitat for wildlife just by not farming those fields. And that's something that the, Kyle talked about yeah, yeah. Uh, the, in the last episode. The downside of it is when those corn or soybean or commodity prices go up and they say well i'm going to get more money if i farm it than than not yeah. and a lot of the farmers would go back or, or landowners would go back to using that ground yeah. um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because you typically want to keep it in a grassland type state yeah. and that prevents it from going to a, a woody state so um and not not that that's a, a downside like a bad thing to be woody but a lot of times they want it to be grassland-esque so and you're creating a lot of that early successional habitat which is wonderful yeah but i don't know how many well I, I would think a lot of the listeners that came on because they they heard the episode with kyle 
they probably are aware of this. I was aware of this through my Instagram feed because I follow the backcountry hunters and anglers accounts. I follow the National Deer Association accounts. Uh, I follow the, the Teddy Roosevelt Conservation Partnership accounts. Yeah. So I was hearing all about this. Um, but I saw very little from the the pollinator accounts. And uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure some of them backed it as well. But I didn't see as much from the pollinator accounts uh, or, or native plant accounts. But this is just goes to show how a lot of these organizations, one, can work together. And they want the same things. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's going to be beneficial for quail and pheasants and all sorts of wildlife it's going to be really beneficial to pollinators too. It's going to be really That's where beneficial. a lot of milkweed's going to pop up, which is going to help our monarchs. So there's so many benefits. It's something that I I'm going to get behind. Yeah. And and I encourage a lot of our listeners if when you look into it a little bit more and make your own decision to get behind it as well because I think it's it's nothing but good. It'll benefit pollinators, yeah. it'll benefit humans. It's it's a wonderful exactly. uh yeah. wonderful bill. Yeah, yeah, that's a great article, Tom. That's great. I'm sorry I apologize. I was I was smiling a little bit when you were <laughs> when you're talking about the organizations, because when you said Pheasants Forever, Agda just told me a story about uh, in the mid-80s, they had to go back to Poland, mm-hmm. and her mom was driving. It was her mom and her aunt in the front, and Agatha and her brother in the back. And a pheasant jumped on their car while they were driving and was on the windshield. And her mom, like everyone freaked out, and her mom was swerving to try to get it off because she couldn't see it, and she drove into a ditch. <laughs> and got they got stranded. Yeah. They, had to, they had to walk and find the landowner to pull them out. So that's – I apologize. That's, oh, no, that's no, what it made me think I didn't of. even notice. I was so in-depth on, on reading it. but So my – that's a great article. My article this week uh, is called Why Switzerland is Growing a Native Plant Oasis in the Heart of Washington – and it's by Molly McCluskey of Audubon Magazine. I was a little disappointed that after I selected it, I did start seeing it make its rounds yeah. on social media. Um, yeah. And we try not to do that. We try to mm-hmm. do something that maybe other people haven't and, seen. But it is, it's still a valuable thing to point out for people who hadn't seen it. Yeah, so it's and, – and I'm sure I'm going to butcher these names. I'm going to read a little bit um, about – I'm going to read a little bit of the article and then and then give my feedback. Uh, when Jacques Pitelaud arrived at his new home and office in the fall of 2019, he was dismayed to discover the state of the property. As Switzerland's new ambassador to the United States, he had a piece of prime real estate in northwest Washington, D.C., a historic six-acre stretch of land that was once a farm called Single Oak. Now it hosted the country's sleek modern residence and an embassy under renovation, but the grounds looked – and were treated like a golf course. I felt a tremendous amount of guilt and shame when I took over the residence, he says. Golf courses are nice to look at, but they're ecological disasters. Normal diplomatic life was soon upended by the pandemic, and since then he's been on a mission to rewild the expansive grounds, aiming to create biodiversity uh, reserve marketed by the native plants of the region. He forbid the use of pesticides and allowed the lawn to grow out in spotty patches. Using resources such as Audubon's native plant database and guide to birds, he worked closely with local landscape designer Alter Tree Garden that specializes in uh, native plants. They uprooted the non-native bushes and trees such as ornamental burning bush and non-productive grass, replaced them with meadows, bushes, and native trees including white oak, scarlet oak, black oak, and others. Wildlife was also a part of his rewilding vision as he built a home for the eastern screech owl, which he hopes someday to take up residence on the grounds. The nest box did lure an owl briefly, but the bird only spent two nights. Um, within a short time, the results are amazing. We have so many more birds, butterflies. It's incredible how quickly they returned. We have so many fireflies at night. It's like fireworks. 
His efforts to rewild the embassy and residents are part of a growing movement of local embassies adding more natural elements to their building and grounds. The Finnish embassy prides itself on being the first U.S. Green Building Council lead certified embassy in Washington. The Irish ambassador's residence has a low-impact Xeriscape garden, and the Tunisian embassy and residents both have wild, untamed pollinator gardens. In addition to vegetable gardens, uh, the Canadian residence on Pennsylvania Avenue has beehives and a community-engaged program around beekeeping. Um, So Pitaloud beforehand was an avid birder and is a big advocate for environmental diplomacy. Mm -hmm. So I was really impressed that he wasn't just – you know, you hear story about the uh, the original settle- settlers and how they were bringing a piece home and trying to make Europe like yeah. making America <clears throat> like Europe. Where here he's, I, I want America to be America, mm-hmm. um, regardless of where I'm from. You know, I, if I'm here, I want it to be wild like it should be, and I want the wildlife. And he wanted the birds, and he wanted to bring it back. And that's he didn't have to do that. You yeah. know, oh, and yeah. a lot of these embassies don't have to do mm-hmm. it. But I appreciate the message that they're they're sending because it, it starts with each and every one of us and it doesn't have to be what you envision it, it can be what it is or mm-hmm. what it should be so um i i just thought that was a great message and i i as i was reading it i realized that you and i kind of switched switched uh as as jennifer would yeah. say we yeah. have our own story how's types. that for predictable <laughs> <laughs> and, and we had them selected before she made before she even made that comment so we we kind of switched sides this week but i just felt that on a government level, mm-hmm. that was a great message for environmental policy. Um, you know, the, all of them had a, and I didn't read these parts, but all of them kind of had a aspect of beekeeping, which again, you know, yeah. which I thought it's, was interesting that they went native for all these things and then non-native for that. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's how they connect with nature. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's their and connectivity. And I think it's, it's still, uh, again, backtracking a little bit. Um, Beekeeping isn't if you when we talk to Sam Drogi. Beekeeping isn't a negative activity. It just doesn't benefit native plants. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting how those things are so tied together just because of the it was well it was really pollinators declining. We need to have more more pollinator areas, and that includes native plants, which they did a good job of steering people into native plants for that. Yeah. But uh, but the the beekeeping thing and honeybees really got kicked into there and that's the the face of a lot of this but for pollinators it's starting at the right place Mm -hmm. to me like it's starting from the government who's supposed to be setting an example um and i like the example that's being set there so i'd like to see more than that so we just need the the uh what's it the white house garden to go native so i know they're they're talking about well there's people who are appealing to have that happen but I just think it's funny. I was going to say that that it's where it should have, where it should start. It's not, mm-hmm. and and I don't know if there are aspects of the White House garden that are native. I don't know mm-hmm. enough about it, but I know whenever they redo the gardens, like we saw, it was boxwoods and hybrid roses mm-hmm. and things like that. That that yes, it's a beautiful garden, but to me, it's not sending the right message, yeah. and it needs to start from the top. So, um, but I will take this. I think these are all great, great stories. Not that mm-hmm. any of us will get to visit the. Uh, Swiss, Swiss embassy, embassy. Yeah. yeah. Although, if they want to invite us, I'd be happy to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> so. we can get an invite. I would bet you have a like a beautiful chocolate fountain. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to get some cheese hors d'oeuvre, Swiss cheese. So, yeah. all right. So, <laughs> going so. back to food again. <laughs> yeah, like usual. But we'll we'll have this post it. Um, 
So go to – if you're not a member of our Facebook group, go join the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group mm-hmm. and vote on whose article you like the best because – of course, the choice is yours. You know, speaking of the group, before we go further, I just want to say – like I look at all these other groups and I look at like the mass number of people that are involved. Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of happy that we have a small number. Not yes. that yeah. I want to keep it small. I just think it's the right – people in the group Mm -hmm. it's not just attracting everyone because it's a large number because i was looking again just snarky comments in other groups that just didn't need to be (laughs) and we don't me me too we don't really we don't really have any of that i think i've only realistically had we've had to remove like only like two or three people from the group and we really haven't had very many issues and Mm -hmm. i am appreciative of that and i like the way it's growing not that it's just something that everyone jumps into and we don't really have a lot of problems no, which I'm really, happy about. Really, I would say almost none at all. So. It's, uh, it's very on topic, and it's yeah. people are sharing really good information, whether it's articles they find or, or or personal endeavors they're taking on, or just things that webinars that they're involved with. There's a lot of really good stuff that's, yeah. that's happening there, so and, it's it's very friendly. And it comes and goes. Like we have people that are very active, and then they go quiet for a little bit, and then someone else will become active. Mm-hmm. Like there's never a you know, you have normal people that everyone will probably know their name because they always comment, mm-hmm. but yeah. they may disappear for a month and then come back. Like everyone mm-hmm. has a life. So mm-hmm. it's I'm just appreciative that there's enough people with input yeah. that the group keeps going. And now we're at the part of the show where we highlight some of those people. We are. So, Fran, I'm going to let you go first on this after right. you play your music. All right. Listener, listener, shout out, shout out. So I realized on the last buzz we said we were going to shake it up and do a different order. Yeah, and we and didn't we, do that. <laughs> we <laughs> we didn't do all. that. But, uh, you know, my listener shout-out, it's, you know, it's I, I, I wanted to mention this, and I don't even know the person's name, and I didn't even have a conversation really with the person. But uh, over the Labor Day weekend, Agatha and I were at Tyler State Park in, in Newtown, PA. And as we were walking, a park ranger – went out of their way like he went out of his way he was walking over to us and my immediate reaction was oh my god what did we do wrong like i started thinking i'm like did i drop something but he came over and got close enough and pointed at me and just went love your shirt and just kept walking so i had plant need the plant native plant shirt mm-hmm. on so i just appreciate that it resonated with with the park ranger and he went out of his way to acknowledge it you know so whether he's a listener of the podcast or not he appreciated the message and and i just liked having that interaction yeah. Without having to have a conversation, it was yeah. actually kind of. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. You didn't, it you I, didn't plug the the website or the t shirt website at all. No. Did you tell I him to subscribe at least? No. 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 <laughs> I, I I said thank you and smiled and we kept walking. Yeah. So, but if you're listening, thank you. Make sure you leave a five star review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of five star reviews, who do you have? Yeah. This week? So I made a. a a proposition last time and said anyone who leaves a five star review with like an actual write up because that's how I can tell well approximately who you are. Yes. I was going to give them a shout out. They were going to be my listener shout out and we got four. That's amazing. Which I was really happy with. Me too. And, uh, and I've, I also said I would give you like a, a heartfelt compliment. Yeah. Um, so now's my time to do that. And the first one was uh, Kathy Sussex. They all have like uh, screen name type things. Yes. None of yeah. them have their actual names. But um, so Kathy Sussex, and uh, who I just know is a nice person because I've never met a mean Kathy. I'm, you know what? I agree with you. Yeah. But I'm assuming it's it's a member of our Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group, though. We have yeah. a few Kathys in there that are in New Jersey, yeah. so I'm assuming it's one of them. I don't know. Yeah. 
I'm but Kathy. I know they're a nice person because, like I said, I've never met a mean Kathy. Which reminds me, I, I met a guy, another guy named Tom one time, and he was like, have you ever met a mean Tom? Toms are always good guys. <laughs> He's like, Tommies? No, they're, they're terrible. But Toms? Always just good people. <laughs> He's like, it was kind of said the same thing. He's like, I just know you're a good person from, from shaking your, your hand. Nice, <laughs> so, nice, awesome. But uh, the next one was uh, Paradox Twenty Seven. This and, was uh, my favorite. Paradox Twenty Seven. I actually did a little research on. I was able to thought, reach out to someone they knew that we was a mutual friend. Okay. And um, so Paradox Twenty Seven. Your friend Dan told me that you've never burnt a grilled cheese. It always comes out like perfectly Ooh. golden brown. Wow. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty amazing because I struggle to cook a grilled cheese well. I, I, Everyone I, wants to go too hot. You got to really turn it like I cook it on a one, and then it takes forever, but then you get it right. I tend to go on the hotter side. I really do. But I'll get it really hot and like flash, flash mm-hmm. cook. But yeah, so if anyone needs grilled cheese cooking tips, don't ask Fran and I. No. You got to ask Paradox 27 because they no, did a great job. Now, what I do appreciate about Paradox 27 is that they, they did say that I have gotten a little less chatty over time. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. I'll take that. I uh, appreciate that. One that we just popped up today, right before we were going to record, was from Arm the Lorax. And uh, and Arm the Lorax, I also heard from a little birdie that the pollinators and birds just love your yard. I know that you're doing a great job planting native plants, and uh, and they that's their like number one stop on their way passing through is they have to stop in Arm the Lorax. I heard it. I wonder if these people even know their own. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard like that's that's like uh, a very highly rated uh, uh, property on the pollinator Yelp page. Yes. Like it's it's got five star reviews and and they all go out of their way to make sure they visit that property. So. Yeah, and the last one was from uh, from Sweet Melissa with well, how many E's? One, two, three, four, seven E's. Sweet. sweet like I picture Melissa. Cartman doing it. Yeah. Like, sweet. Yeah. And just from that screen name, I can tell that person's an excellent kisser. So. <laughs> I I sure you, hope that you nearly spit out your water. I I did almost spit out my water. I hope that Melissa is the same Melissa that you're married to. Yes, now. that that uh, is my wife. Right. <laughs> that was a <laughs> But no, they all left uh, really, really great reviews. It was, it's encouraging reading those kind of things. So it, it, it lets us know. Even though I had to beg and plead for them, it was, uh, it was still really nice to hear that kind of stuff. You know, it's funny that sometimes how much more attention gets paid to the negative. And we don't get a lot of negative. We really mm-hmm. don't. It's 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 a very limited amount of negative, but we tend to focus on that because mm-hmm. it's it's not hurtful. It's, it's just, what's the loudest. Yeah, it's what's yeah. yes. So these ones really were loud to us yeah. this week because we really appreciated yeah. that. A lot of really nice words, and we appreciate everyone going out of their way to leave a review. Yeah. So and that helped us. We jumped way back up oh, on the yeah. charts this week. Yeah. So so which just makes us more get more exposure. So. Yes. I will keep doing this as long as people keep leaving reviews. I, I I hope I get to a point where I have to like pick two or three because yeah. there's just so many. Yeah, that would be that would be really amazing and and like just make my heart feel good. That could be the whole sec- <laughs> sec- well, section section, yeah. just the listener shout out episode. Oh, yeah. That but, would uh, be all. No, that would and be awesome. and I, I will give a, a secondary listener shout out type thing as well because I was at the Mount Cuba Trial Gardens open house the other night. And a lot of people were really complimentary of our podcast, of our social media stuff, uh, which was great because my wife was there too, and she does all that. And um, but specifically is uh, is Arden from North Creek. Yeah. And oh crap, I'm blanking on uh, 
Angela. Or, Angela. Yeah. yeah. I'm, <laughs> it's always tough when you're live and then you blank on yeah. someone's name. But the two of them were just really complimentary, and I love that someone that is technically a friendly competitor of ours listens to our podcast and appreciates what we're doing. And and I know on their social media, they're they're promoting our stuff all the time when we put it out. So. Yeah, and we appreciate that. We yeah. try to do the same. But it's it's nice. It's mm. nice to get a kind word from a colleague. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. and the fact that they're even listening. Yep. So, and, yeah. and I appreciate exactly. that. So, but and awesome. I got to see a lot of our old guests there too. I got to see Nate Champagne from Mount Cuba from the Natural Lands episode. I got to see Sam Hoadley. Finally, got to catch up. It was like the very end of the night, and then we realized we were the last people there, and uh, got to catch up with him on some of the plants that we were talking about um, after the episode. And uh, Steve Castrani from North Creek was there. Awesome. Um, trying to remember who else we talked to that that was there that i didn't get i you're only there for a short period of time yeah. and there's so many people you know and now after a pandemic where well not after but hopefully towards the end of a pandemic where you're outside and you can see some people that you haven't seen in years really yeah i was it was good to to be out i was really disappointed like when you were telling me some of the people that you spoke to i was having that talk with agatha because we were supposed to go and we we ended up not making it and uh she was like oh we should have went and i'm like well, <laughs> there'll be other opportunities, but yeah. it was, it sounded like a beautiful evening, uh, like kind of evening only Mount Cuba could do oh, yeah. and, and a lot of great people there. So when, when you said who was there, I was like, man, they're, they're drawing the right people mm -hmm. to these kind of events. Oh, yeah. So it just shows they're doing the right thing and sending the right message. Yeah. yeah. But moving on, friend, do we have any questions this week? I want to ask you a bunch of questions and I want to have them answered immediately. It's a simple question. Um... No, I didn't hear you. What was your question? Saul was very excited about your contest announcement. Well, so, that's nice to hear. And I kind of forgot about the contest because yeah, I'm we, meant to remind people. We have no entries as of right now. We have one half entry, yeah, I would say. We disallowed it. We're going to disallow it, but my suggestion. It was appreciated. My suggestion. So this is, uh, I'll refresh people. We were looking for, for drawings or artistic renderings of Saul, so, of what you think he looks like. Um, I mentioned last time I've met him a handful of times, but every time I see him, he's wearing a ski mask, uh, a red ski mask, not a black one like a robber would wear. It's very, it's even got some bedazzles on it and stuff. It's a little interesting. It's, it's, it's a little <laughs> interesting. interesting. It it kind of reminds me of like, there's so much stuff stuck to it. It reminds me of a refrigerator, <laughs> you know, of of like, a little like magnets, there, magnets from other states. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's an interesting. Interesting look. But we want to know what you guys think he looks like, since we have a slightly jaded impersonation. But you're only hearing his voice, and it's a very unique voice. So we want to know what you guys think he looks like. So we're looking for artistic renderings of Saul. So to our one entry, my advice would be, since we're not going to take uh, an actual picture that you found on the Internet, is maybe trace it. <laughs> And oh yeah! If you just like yeah, like this is what you did when you were a kid. Yeah. Is you kind of got the the one copy and you put a white sheet of paper over top so you could see through, and yeah. then trace it. Then then it'll count. That but, that uh, I I would t completely uh, accept that. So they, what we're going to do is Tom and I are each going to pick one that we feel is our favorite, and then we're going to send the two to Saul, and Saul's going to pick the winner, and the winner is going to get a long sleeve uh, shirt from our Native Plants yep. Healthy Planet uh, store. So. Um, great prizes and maybe you'll even get a shout out from Saul yes yeah. in one of his messages so yeah. that would be awesome so let I, I guess we should probably play as much we we were saying that he seemed really laid back last message and he, he we we got you got him excited so <laughs> he he's back here we go 
Hello, fellas. Pam and, and Mr. English Muffin, Thomas. Uh, it's your friend, Saul. I'm delighted uh, to be honored with you. Thank you. I, uh, first, gentlemen, before we get into the topic, I would like to thank your friend on the face page there, uh, McCoy International, who sent me some very kind messages when I was uh, injured, and he sent the face message saying, I hope you get better, Saul. So, uh, McCoy International there, thank you. Uh, and I, I appreciate the kind words of everyone from the face pages. Now, uh, McCoy reminds me, Pam, there used to be a show on the television, uh, Thomas. It was called the McCoy's Navy. And I don't know if you boys remember that. It starred the Borg Nine, and it was uh, the Borg Nine, and then these young men would wear khaki uh, trousers and then just T-shirts, and they had a speedboat, and they would go, um, they, they would go ski, water skiing around uh, some Fiji island in the Pacific, and then they would sit around and drink beer all day. And I think the theme music, if I'm not mistaken, Pam, was in the Navy, which later was, of course, done by the village people. Not many people know that. Now, on to the topic, fellas, and I'm gratified and delighted. Uh, for the uh, sketching uh, and the painting uh, of me. And uh, Pam, I think you might remember, uh, back in the early 70s, the late 60s, I was very good friends with the dear departed Lou Reed. And Lou had a little motor scooter, and we would go down and see his friend, uh, the Walhall, uh, Andy, Andy Walhall, and he was the painter of the Campbell's Company. He worked for Campbell Soup and help them design soup. And then uh, Andy did many portraits of, of me, your friend Saul, and also uh, Polaroids. And there's a famous one of me and Bianca Jagger, and I believe it is in the MoMA, which uh, is a museum. And I have several original Warhols at the estate, including one he did of me, which is quite flattering, I thought. And uh, per perhaps I will share that with you boys someday at another uh, juncture. But uh, I encourage all the people in the Native community to please do send in your favorite portrait of your friend Saul. I am flattered by this uh, immensely uh, with just one caveat emptor, and that is this is a family-friendly program. So please, no, uh, no nudity, if, if we could please all agree on that point. And then I, of course, will send in a... Uh, a sketch that I have done of myself in the style of my my friend, the late departed uh, Andy Walhall, and Andy. <laughs> That's that the the machine only allows up to a three minute message, so <laughs> I, I don't know what else Saul yeah, is going yeah, to say. What, what else could have been <laughs> that? Who, who knows? I don't know, but. I, I keep laughing about the Borg Nine, so it's it's actually I appreciate that he gave Richard McCoy a shout out. Mm -hmm. McCoy Horticulture That's what we're on that yeah, he's, he's uh, But uh, that the show is McHale's Navy, um, and Ernest Borg Nine was the 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 star. So, but he kept saying the Borg Nine, which makes me laugh because now I'm thinking of Ernest Borg Nine as the Borg from Star Trek Next Generation. I don't know if you even get no, any of those. not at all. <laughs> the, Borg, the Borg 9. But so I don't know if you know who Ernest Borg 9 is. My generation, an older generation, would know him from McHale's Navy. Your generation would know him as Mermaid Man, the voice of Mermaid mm -hmm. Man from SpongeBob. So um, so that's my, – my parents actually met Ernest Borg 9 at a – my dad was a Korean War vet. 
and my parents were in Washington D.C. for for some event for that, and they they met him, and he sat down with them at a park bench and just had like a really <laughs> great conversation. So I know he was a great person, but um, in the Navy was not the theme song of that by the Village People. <laughs> it was Nelson Riddle's uh, McHale's Navy March, but. And and Andy Warhol did not work for Campbell's, <laughs> the Campbell Company. <laughs> he was a pop culture artist known for his his uh, paintings of Campbell Soup or or Marilyn Monroe mm. things like that. Although I would love to see a Saul and an Andy Warhol of Saul. Yeah, I did a quick Google because I'm like, oh, maybe I will get to see what this guy looks like and. Uh... No avail. No, couldn't, they, couldn't find it. They're in the estate, so yeah. they must have been like a private thing where yeah. no one ever knew, like a, a gift. And Lou Reed, if you don't know, was the lead singer of the Velvet yeah. Underground. So, so and I, if if I'm not mistaken, you didn't ask anything about plants. <laughs> no, no, he was just really excited that that we had a contest in honor of him. So, are you and I going to do an entry? Yeah, I I might have. I am a terrible artist. I, but, uh, I might have to try. I'm horrible. Yeah. I cannot. That's yeah. one thing that. I cannot do well. Yeah, heck, we'd even allow a, a something from Microsoft Paint if, you, if that's your your media of choice. Yeah, I have a whole psychological breakdown of Saul. I actually have a whole <laughs> full breakdown of what I I consider Saul to look like based on information he has given us through. Like if if I, it's almost as if I work for the FBI and I'm giving like a whole criminal profile on Saul. <laughs> but but no, that was a great call. And and remember, make sure that. That the contest, we don't have a deadline, but we'd like to get some entries. Yeah, so. hopefully within the month we'll uh, we'll do it. But it all depends on how many people send us an entry. Yeah, it was. I thought it was a good idea. Maybe it was a flop, but yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But we did have another call uh, with that does have actual questions. Okay. So we'll, we'll play that next. Hi, Pam and Tom. I just wanted to call and say aloe, as in aloe vera, because dad jokes. This is Dr. Evil. I know I've been uh, not calling in as I've intended, and I do want to apologize to my nemesis, Doom, for not using a voice chamber changer at this time. I am a little slow on adopting new technologies, and there's no millennial around to help me uh, learn these things, so I haven't uh, gotten to that yet. I have saved up a lot of past questions and comments and some observations. The first is, I've been a little down because I did find some jumping worms in one of my beds, and I think they came in with a load of mulch that I was using for a pathway. I've been a little down on that. Uh, I just listened to the, the uh, Trial Gardens episode with Mount Cuba. I was really excited about finding some of these, uh, I'll coin the term, selective R's, uh, like Jacob Klein and uh, Gina, Jenna for uh, Fox Peninsula. Uh, I thought that was really good. I'm not going to attempt to say uh, did him off. Um, Tom can enjoy that one. <laughs> uh, so I'm really excited about those. I'm currently worried about uh, some of my monarch cats because I didn't water uh, some of my milkweed enough in August. And uh, it's looking pretty ratty, and there's a lot of caterpillars out there eating it down. Uh, let's see, what else? I'm really interested in whether there are more selectivars. I like that it might be more beneficial than some of the local ecotype natives. That's something that's really of interest to me. I do want to know if you have any thoughts about what to do about jumping worms. Um, I've just been taking care of them individually as I find them, but that's not going to ever work. Um, we should talk a little more about invasive uh, insects. 
Uh, I know you do some, but it's something that we can talk about more. And probably other questions, but I think that's it for now. And uh, look forward to hearing you guys. Dr. Evil, it's a pleasure meeting you. Thank you for finally calling in. We we appreciate that. I know he's very active in mm-hmm. the Facebook group. So, um, you know, I wasn't – you were more familiar with the jumping worm issue than I was. I had to do a little research, but I wasn't as familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't I, – like, I wouldn't say I'm a jumping worm expert by any means, but it's something that's been on my radar for the last couple years, I guess. Um, I saw it started to show up in New York State, especially like Western New York, and I'm like, oh, if I go up that way, I got to be really careful that I don't somehow bring any back. But um, And I've been wondering if they're going to make their way to where our, our uh, nursery is in the Adirondack Park. So I've been like nervous there. Yeah. But uh, no, I still haven't seen one yet, just to have seen videos. And as far as I know, they aren't in New Jersey yet. But, I don't know, but it, it, you know, from what I understand, one of the biggest uh, guilty parties for for spreading them is is through mulch mm-hmm. or soil yeah. deliveries, mm-hmm. and that's because they have them. And, and next thing you know, mm-hmm. you have them. So it's yeah. it's it's an issue, and it doesn't seem like there's a real good way to get rid of them. And yeah. where they're a problem, it's a big problem. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, and like what, how the name describes is they kind of like wriggle and and writhe and they'll actually can launch themselves off the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I I know that they're gonna be an issue here at some point. But so and from what I from what I understand and I'm just paraphrasing the, the part of the problem is they eat the good soil mm-hmm. and what they leave behind is really unusable. So if you have enough of them in your soil, they're kind of depleting what's good about your soil and leaving behind something that's barren that's really not very mm-hmm. usable. So enough of them could wreak havoc yeah. in in your local gardens but it's, it's it's important to note that most if it might even be all of our earthworms are non-natives yeah and um and one of the main ways that they're spread is through bait like th- through fishing bait and uh, a lot of people they'll they'll go and dig a bunch of worms and go fishing and then or they'll buy a pack of worms is probably even more likely they'll buy a pack of worms from the store and go fishing and then hey, i'm done i'm not going to use these and they just dump them in the the pond dump them on the shoreline well that might have been a place that didn't have that type of worm and now it does and uh yeah it's something that and it, it goes i i can't remember if we talked about this with joe simelli or or not when he was on with uh joe simelli from media he's their fishing editor but uh i know it might be just from his writings or podcasts that uh, he was talking about how detrimental that can be, even with other minnows or anything you're using for bait. Is uh, and then beyond that, you're going into your your plastic lures. Um, that's a form of pollution. And yeah. <laughs> if you're letting leaving your plastics uh, in the water, but uh, but they really advocate for not just throwing your bait overboard when you're done and taking it and disposing of it properly if even if you're not going to use it just because you don't know what you're introducing somewhere else but they i know uh you know and and some of the solutions aren't necessarily great solutions if you have a large amount i know uh, one of the things that i saw was to put plastic over the soil and have the heat and the sun Mm kind of draw them out of the soil and then you can pick them out of the soil yeah but yeah there's no i don't think there's any like organic or chemical treatment that you can use it's basically all manual hand removal it's that there was i think something natural you could spray that again draws them to the surface Mm -hmm. and then you're still hand picking so it's it depends on you know if if it's a large area it may not really be feasible and and from what we read most of it is if you have them unfortunately you're going to have Mm -hmm. them you know so it's 
Um, yeah. That's that's a shame. But going to the, well, another one of his questions about the other uh, selectivars, as he called them, that were more beneficial than um, than the straight species is uh, I guess I don't I don't know a lot of them. I knew the Jacob Klein I, and I know the the Gina the yeah. Flox Gina, but um, and then at the same time it's important to or I I guess you got to defer to Mount Cuba's research and yeah. really if you look at their charts, but you got to keep in mind that that's just what's working for them. Yeah, and, uh, it's not it might not be as good everywhere. But I, one of the points I I kept going back to and I don't think I emphasized it enough when we were having that episode was. Why I'm okay with some cultivars, especially the ones that are derived from a straight, it's a selection of a, a straight species plant, is if you were to just take one purple cone flower, just yeah. one seedling that you, even if it's from, well, if you know it's from a local ecotype source, yeah. that's one thing. But if you don't, you just go to the store and get one. Technically, that's a selection. There's one yeah. of them there. So you, yeah. it's no genetic diversity. So you're, if you, and you, you don't, if it's straight species, um, which I've been told now, you just call it species. You don't call yeah. it straight species. But to say it's just the species, Echinacea purpurea, and you plant it, you only have that set of genetics, and you don't know exactly what you're going to get. The, the That's true. predictability of what you're going to get kind of goes away. Um, so it almost is just a selection. Of, yeah. It's, it's the same as if you, except now you know what that Echinacea purpurea magnus is going to be versus... Uh, just getting a straight one straight species. Perfect example is um, I was taking a walk through the nursery, and right behind the the seed shed, there was a Rudbeckia herta mm. popped up. Just one, but completely different markings on the the flowers than yeah. what you would consider the species. Uh, so, if that was the one plant you got, that would definitely be a selection because it didn't look like what mm -hmm. it, it resembled. It it was it, but it was definitely genetically altered with yeah. the markings on the yeah. petals um, and, and just through through natural means it was yeah and, genetically and, altered. and we kind of danced around this during that episode as well but the thing to remember too is with with what mount cuba is doing is is to their region yeah. you know that's mm -hmm. the results they got in northern delaware in the mid-atlantic but if you were to do the same yeah. same testing somewhere in a different part of the country there's different yeah. insects and there's different pollinators encouraged to hear that they're doing it like the chicago botanical garden and yeah. he, he mentioned a few other places somewhere they in were denver doing some i think stuff. yeah so then you can actually have regional regional results that you can base it off of and that was i guess one of the troubling things i was seeing is there were people from out west or, or Cal colorado california wherever that were looking at this trial and saying, oh, look, this is better. Well, it might not be the case where you are. Yeah, exactly. This is only relevant really there. And, and, so. and that's why we were saying it's important for more people to do this mm -hmm. type of research. Yeah. But it's a great start and it's fantastic research. And yeah. they're getting some great results. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to see more. Yeah. I'd love to see more. Yeah, so, exactly. So the, One other thing that Dr. Evil did bring up uh, with his milkweed, and it's – you know, I think it's only really an issue with the caterpillars eating a lot if the mm -hmm. plants aren't really fully established. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of the the milkweed is upland milkweed and should be okay. They're, they're deeper rooted for mm -hmm. those purposes and should be able to handle uh, like dry or August because that's their what they do. You know, if it's a new plant that you're just watering to get established and it's weakened that way and the caterpillars eat it, 
I think that's a different story. But mm-hmm. if it's just – if you had them for a few years, they're upland species, you didn't give extra watering, it should be okay. Even We've seen monarch caterpillars completely – decimate the leaves of milkweed here and have the plants come back the next mm-hmm. year so yep. hopefully you should be okay yeah. not i'm not guaranteeing it but i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. I, I think you should be okay but yeah. that was a fantastic phone call thank you so much so you do have a topic for i us, do this. yeah and this is one that we can keep short but okay. uh and i think i mentioned it last buzz but fran and i have been uh, have a presentation we've started to give where we talk about how you can help spread the message and grow the the circle i guess is the better way to put it how we can make this circle bigger my mom used to say something all the time like it was a business phrase i guess that is when you wanted to get more um uh if you wanted to grow your sales it's either you needed to make your slice of pie bigger or make the pie bigger yeah just just grow the pie yeah and uh this is what we need to do is grow the pie. pie um and uh so we had a couple things that we talked about in that presentation that uh, on how to help grow the message or spread the message, and uh, I figured we'd want to share some of them now. Yeah, so um, I, I see I, I'm not I only, as prepared. Yeah, I only put one of them. <laughs> and that was something I had seen, and, yeah. and I, I know I showed you. You told me about it. I thought Melissa told me about no, it. No, and I, I saw it on Facebook, and one of my friends had shared it on Facebook, and and I can't remember the organization, but it had monarchs in it. It wasn't mm-hmm. monarchs in yeah. the rough. Or, or let's save that one to the end because okay. I remember a couple. One of them was doing what a lot of you are doing already, and that is just highlighting your your what you're doing on social media. Yeah, not in a negative light. You're not saying, "Oh, all my dumb neighbors are planting burning bush and Japanese barberry. Look at me, I'm holier than thou." It's just saying, "Hey, this is a really cool plant, and look at all these amazing insects that I'm helping. Look at all the pollinators I'm helping." Yeah, no one, and, no one. It doesn't help anyone. No one's better because you're doing the right thing mm-hmm. it's beneficial that yeah. we all do the right thing it's so. passive teaching yeah. is is what you're doing there um one was just just having a nice looking garden goes a long way yeah it goes from having people being resentful and driving past your yard and saying oh wow this is out of hand and i'm calling the authorities to saying oh that's pretty neat i want some of what they have yeah um it's I'm trying to think of what to say now. What but, I was going to say, I shouldn't say. So I'm going to stop a, there. A great way, we always talk about education. Whenever we mm-hmm. have a guest on, we, we always specifically and purposefully ask them how important education is because we know it's important. Yep. Signage is a big part of that. So yep. if, if you're really – you want people to ask questions or know more about what you're doing, have signs in your garden like about pollinator habitat or butterfly mm-hmm. habitat or bird habitat. And just – it goes a yeah. long way or even just what uh, – it goes a long way because people who take the time to read it will now learn about a little bit about what that how important that is but two people are willing to overlook a little bit of that yeah. once they know how beneficial those plants are so look at your garden and say oh it's really messy you put a sign up front that says oh this is a pollinator space and says oh this is helping and just that little small action and you can get these signs online mm-hmm. or you can make your own um just that small action goes a long way in changing someone's opinion on what you have, what you're doing going on, and they might take a little bit of that way and, and go home. You know, here's here's my free million dollar idea this episode. Although it's not a million, it's just a, a good idea. If you're if you're that proud of what you're doing on your own property and you want to be inviting and 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 use it as an example garden for other people, uh, kind of like you, you know when you see a house for sale and it has like the little circular handout where you can get the info about the mm-hmm. house yep. have one of your your garden just like a map of the garden and have every plant numbered and mm-hmm. then under the number have 
the plant, what pollinators it, it benefits, when it flowers, and let people walk around your, your property and look at each plant and see actually what it does. Yeah. If you don't mind having people on your property, if you're that proud of, of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, or you offer it up. I know there's yeah. a lot of groups, a lot of the master gardener groups yeah. who do like garden tours. Oh, yeah. Offer it up for that. Yeah. Um, so and let let people let people experience it at their pace. Like yeah. some people don't want to have that conversation. Yeah. I know I'm an introvert and wouldn't would probably shy away from that. But if I could pick up a piece of paper and walk around someone's property real fast and look yeah. at something, like they may walk by your property and see something flowering and go, "What is that?" Mm-hmm. They can grab the sheet and yeah. And that was so with uh, the whole COVID thing and then kind of the boom of these uh, Facebook marketplace things where people were going through all doing their spring cleaning and then going through and saying, oh, I'm going to put this online and try and sell it for a couple bucks. My wife really got into that and was selling a bunch of stuff that we had in the basement that we no longer use, but someone else might want. And um, and when over the summer, when our flowers were really in full bloom people were walking by and saying what is that i want some of those yeah. and then they'd see the nursery behind their house and want to go and buy them there and we're like oh you can't do that but um so those are some of the passive things you can do is just yeah. making sure what you have is inviting and isn't going to turn people off as the wrong figure yeah. of speech but you don't want people to look at you and say oh this freaking crazy person next door the same way that you are maybe doing yeah. with, with their burning bush and Japanese barberry. You don't want them feeling the same way. You want it to be inviting. You want it to be something where they're looking at you as a model of maybe how to improve themselves and passively taking yeah. that away. And one of the things I loved in the Facebook group, someone asked, uh, based on our last episode with Kyle from Native uh, Habitat Project, um, what the hashtag was that we yeah, created, yeah. which was hashtag Kyle's Project. And what we had talked about was instead of filming – your neighbor using a leaf blower saying how detrimental they are and how silly or stupid they are for doing it you know there's we challenged everyone to take a a a video of their yard in the late fall saying i just built this fantastic habitat for Mm -hmm. pollinators in my backyard we just we just did all this work and then you show them just all the leaves on your ground and all the stuff not cut back talk about all the benefits uh and and habitat you create it for overwintering for for some of your favorite pollinators or where they may nestle in hollow stems of certain plants and highlight that we said use the hashtag kyle's project to kind of spread yeah. that message yeah. in a positive way yeah. like a positive positive challenge like yeah. a like an ice bucket challenge or something like that yeah. where you're just everyone if everyone does the videos and there's a lot of them it will kind of break that habit of mm-hmm. i need to break my leaves yeah. i need to cut everything back and, and that takes us into those active steps you can take and that's using social media like that is a way to do it yeah. and it's it's putting yourself out there and saying hey look what the good things i'm doing not in a, a braggadocious way but in a way that says you can do this too yeah just just by making these small changes another thing you can do is just approach like when your your neighbor especially if you have a, a nice looking garden that is inviting and you kind of get that reputation of having something that people want to to uh, look at and maybe go to you for advice yeah. we have a neighbor who's maybe they're they have some native plants in there we'll compliment them on them yeah just go hey i really like that you have that that itea virginica in your backyard that is a really nice plant i'm so glad to see that you're planting it because it supports these yeah, all these so insects and these many birds and and all this or if they have something even make suggestions say hey you know you just planted that that red bud it would look really good if you put some some carrots pennsylvanica around the base yeah and then you wouldn't have to mow near it oh that would look really really cool yeah those little suggestions especially if you can build up that 
that um, reputation of knowing what you're talking about can go a long way. A lot more than saying, oh, I can't believe you planted a Japanese barberry and, and used uh, 2,4-D in your yard, because that might turn people off and, and have them not do that stuff. Yeah, so. you know, and, and one of the things, at the time that you're listening to this, um, our episode that we did with Shannon from Backyard Ecology should be live. Um, and we talked about sharing the message in a positive way and that it really needs to start with the younger generation because that's good mm-hmm. habits to pick up at a young age. Yeah. And, and that kind of goes brings us back to the seed packets. And what we had saw was an organization that was selling seed packets to give out at Halloween mm-hmm. along with candy. Not in place of candy. No kids unless you want your house <laughs> yeah, TP'd. Yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a good decision. So I'm quickly trying to – look back real quick oh here it is so it is um save our monarchs foundation mm-hmm. is is doing this and it's a halloween themed seed packet of plants that are uh great for for monarch butterflies i'm assuming it's milkweed mm-hmm. and so forth and it, it has some great information about it so along with candy giving out seed pack what kid doesn't like one of my earliest memories of preschool is growing a bean plant uh from a from a, a bean, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and yep. and growing it in a styrofoam cup of all things, yep. uh, and yeah. taking it home. <laughs> but uh, you know, what kid doesn't like to watch a plant grow? So if you're telling that story, or or you have kids mm-hmm. releasing butterflies, you know, and you're saying, hey, this plant, uh, you can grow it, put it out there, and it will actually attract caterpillars yeah. that turn into butterflies. And if you work for that Save and Monarch Foundation, cover your ears real quick because I'm going to tell them how to do it cheaper you can do, if you have a native garden you can do this yourself yeah just get a bunch of like little manila envelopes from from staples or uh, is office depot even in business anymore? i'm not even really sure you can get them with walmart target really wherever just get little little manila envelopes and go and collect seeds from your own garden throw them in there and then write the name on them and then give them out at halloween yeah and it, it might not have as much information on there because that would be a lot of handwriting to do yeah. that but giving stuff out at halloween is an awesome idea um and we even said as for more um uh what was the word we were calling it aggressive and someone gave us a better word i don't remember what it was but more aggressive techniques is taking advanced steps like that was it assertive 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 going to going to uh your neighbor's barbecue and giving them a plant and saying hey as as a hostess gift or going to like another party and bringing seed packets or uh someone elicited uh, Lewis was putting online how she was giving away seed packets on her Facebook yeah. Buy Nothing group. Yeah, That's a great way to just get that stuff out there. And you get people learning about it by taking it for free is, is one way. Yeah, and it, it's it's a great message. And, and there's so many great tips regardless of, of how you feel socially. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ways you can handle it. Um, yeah. The last thing we always brought up in, in those presentations is that there's so much marketing being done on the other side. There's so much marketing being done that you need to spray your your lawn to keep it green, or you need to spray your yard for mosquitoes, or you need to buy this this Japanese uh, uh, barberry or whatever. There's so much marketing going into how those things are so beneficial. There's no marketing going back the other way, or very, very little. So that was saying, if you're in a garden club, you're in a native plant group, you're in something like that, that might be, yeah, you know you're going to get a flyer in the mail saying, yeah. hey, hey, it's time for you to schedule your your lawn maintenance appointment with True Green, or it's time for you to, to schedule your mosquito spraying, and you're going to see the signs across the street. No, Nothing's coming in your mail saying, hey, you need to do native plants, except from the Sourlands Conservancy. I know they, yeah. they're putting yeah. stuff in the but, mail. But there's so. very good, inexpensive ways, and I know oh. – 
every time I'm at a diner and they have the placemat that has local advertisements, mm-hmm. I always look, I always read them. You know, you yep. can have a little blip on that or your local church um, in their pamphlet that they hand out, like the weekly uh, going on uh, mm-hmm. in your church circular. You yep. know, there's there's inexpensive ways locally that you can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are just some of the ways. And it's, it. we need all of these, not mm-hmm. just one or two, but whatever works for you is a fantastic step so and and make sure uh we we really go into this in depth with with shannon on backyard ecology so make sure you check out her podcast and check out our episode that we did with her if you want to hear us ramble for two hours (laughs) all right cool friend you have a complaint today no complaints i got nothing i I do have a a little book report for my grow read a book i'm gonna buzz through it i know we're going a little bit long we're about an hour close to an hour and 15. okay so yeah, this won't take me too long. But I recently listened to a book called The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. He's kind of like a business writer. Um, and uh, you may be wondering why I'm listening to this Native Plants podcast. Why are we talking about a, a business-esque book? <laughs> and uh, it's because the whole book is about how things become pandemic, uh, whether that's diseases, products, ideas, anything like that, how they take over and become viral. And uh, so he had a couple examples. And, um, and basically... The whole premise was once an idea reaches the tipping point, it spreads like fire. Um, and there's three kinds of people who are responsible for getting these ideas to tip and get past yeah. that. Okay, we're growing, growing, growing slowly, and then all of a sudden it just takes off. Um, but if that idea isn't a sticky idea, which native plants is definitely a sticky idea, so it'll work. But if the idea is not a sticky idea, it'll, it'll never tip. But those three people is you have connectors, uh, so and they're the people who have the massive social networks. And his example is think of your friends, like pick your 40 closest friends that aren't, aren't family, yeah. and then go back to where you met them. And when you do that, you're going to find that most of the, your friends that you met, you met through one friend. <laughs> and it was yeah. so you go through and you're going to realize, oh, I, th- this isn't my friend circle. I'm just a part of Joe's friend circle. And Joe is friends with these 10 other people that I'm friends with yeah. because I met them because I went bowling with Joe and I went to the movies with Joe and I went here with Joe. And that's how I met these people. Um, so there's certain people who just know way, way more people. They're so connected to everyone. You have salesmen who the people who boast about ideas they love. Um, they boast about the ideas they love, and they're incredibly positive. Uh, their energy is just contagious. Yeah. Uh, and then you have mavens, and they're the people who hoard information, and they have such great tips, and they want to share it with their networks, and uh, and. The people that know them are great, greatly influenced by their advice. Um, this was what he referenced in the book is, oh, yeah, people, grocery stores know that when they put stuff on sale, no matter if the sale is actually a sale or not, people are going to buy it. What keeps them honest is there are people who look up their stuff all the time. How, how many people actually go to the grocery store and they say, oh, yeah, this ice cream is on sale and say, well, I know if I go to, I'm, I'm at ShopRite or I'm at Target, if I go to Walmart, it's going to be five cents less even though it's on sale here yeah no one's really looking that up they just trust that the grocery store is saying that so the grocery store found out well we can say whatever we want and people are gonna I, buy it because it's on sale i've actually i'm i'm one of those people that that know and i'm not going to yeah. say the grocery store but there's a grocery store locally to here and it's i don't know if that's all over the united states or if it's just in this area but when they list and I only know because I was in there two weeks in a row, and I had bought something, mm-hmm. and they listed buy one, get one free, and they doubled the price. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're not – you're really buying two, mm-hmm. but they're telling you it's buy one, get one free, and yeah. all these people are buying yeah. it. But they really didn't lower the price, so then yeah. I started – I'm I'm one of those yeah. those people. <laughs> so the mavens are the people who know – like check up on that stuff. They just have the historical knowledge mm-hmm. of it and then write to the stores when they're wrong whether they're going to buy it or not. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't want this ice cream, but I saw you were offering it for, for on sale for 25% off, but it's really – you marked it up 50%, so you're charging people more. Yeah. And they hold them accountable. 99% of the population, probably 99.9% of the population, doesn't hold these stores accountable, but these people do. So think about your own circle and who are the connectors, the salesmen and the mavens in your space? And then who are those, those people in the native plant world? And how do you get those people connected so that we can spread this message even further? Yeah. Um, that's what we really need to find because if you can find, it's when, when Kylie Jenner plants a, a native plant in her yard. You know, there's going to be a ton of people planting native plants in the yes, yard. That's yes, that's what what's going to take it to that next step where we're really going to make in, a difference in the planet. Yeah. So, so if someone here knows Kylie Jenner, yeah, give, get, go, get go, that on her Instagram. You're invited to our next house party. <laughs> make sure you bring a native plant as your your hostess gift, and then uh, yeah, we there still you go. we still haven't had our celebrity guest we on meet the no. guest, although someone kind of. Someone was working to try to get us someone that we would be excited about mm-hmm. getting on, and it's not someone that I think that our our average listener would would think of. But mm-hmm. we were excited. Hopefully, it still happens. Yep. But if you if you know someone famous that's an environmental advocate <laughs> that 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 you would love to hear us get to to interview, push them our way. Mm-hmm. We're still yeah. we're still waiting for that big. That big break. Yep. So, yep. so uh, you want to do a? Uh, by the way, great book, great tie-in too. Yeah, and that was why great... I wanted to make sure I talked about. I was going to talk about it last time, but I figured it ties in better with this episode. It's um, yeah, it's it's amazing how all these things really tie together, and how the things that get popular, they get popular because they hit those things, they yeah. hit those people, yeah. and it was the things that remain popular are because they remain popular with those people. Yeah, I mean we're all we're all trying to spread the right message, but if we just keep sharing it with each other and we mm-hmm. don't take it outside that circle, yeah. it's yeah. great things get done. But you know we need a much yeah. larger. We're audience. we're making our difference, but to make a difference on the planet, if the the climate projections and and water level projections and all those are are true, which many of you probably think they are, um, I think they are. We need to make a difference now, yeah. and we're not going to do it as our small group. No, we need the general public to embrace this as well exactly so please please help us do that yeah you know every time you leave us a five-star review we we get closer to doing mm-hmm. that so that's that's a great thing yeah. you want to do a podcast yeah let's do one all right let me see if i got uh i don't want to fill too much time having to wait for you to shuffle no through no and... i got the <laughs> make it uh, see this is like future stuff uh or stuff that we can't do Debunk myths in your industry. Oh, isn't that what we do every week? Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> an AMA, which. Yeah, there's no one here to ask uh, us anything. No. Uh, share your morning or nightly routine. Well, mine's kind of boring. Uh, yeah, but, so is mine. It has yeah. nothing to do with, with this. Yeah. Um, my top three goals and what I'm doing to get there. Okay. We can do that one. Do you want to do one? What's our top uh, goal? Yeah, we can do that. Well, I'll, we'll probably go into more, but okay. Um, 
oh, now this is getting really hard. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll go first. I'll, yeah. I'll go okay, first. Go you ahead. know, one thing, and I actually did it today. Um, you know, one thing, I, I feel extremely guilty because we talk about all these great things that you can do, and I feel like I don't always walk the walk. And I wanted to get more, more active in donating money, not so much mm-hmm. to these causes, but just in causes I believe in in general. I actually made a donation today to St. Jude's um, mm. because it's something I I feel strong about, and I haven't been I haven't been walking the walk as much as I would like. And they actually have a great program where you can send a card to uh, a child uh, going through uh, cancer, mm-hmm. and just with a positive message, and it mm-hmm. uh, doesn't cost anything. You you pick the card, you write the message inside. Or you can even let them pick the message, and and it goes to a child in need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that was great. So it's, and it, it's it's a few. That's just one example, but it's it's like things across the board like that. That I'm just trying to be, you know, I love that with our T-shirts that that money's being used mm-hmm. to help that message. And I'm just like, I need to do more than just talk about it. Like I know we're doing a great service by by building the circle and doing it but i felt like i needed to do more so that's one of my goals like today i was finally like i keep thinking about it, i keep talking about it but i'm not doing anything about it what are you going to do about it so yeah no that's a good one um mine is actually kind of similar and it's also making sure i'm walking the walk but especially in regards to native plants and that's one of the reasons i'm so strict with myself when it comes to my own home garden and uh and how i make sure i want like i really feel guilty if I was, uh, yeah, with I'm going to go back to my beautyberry conundrum, and yeah, I would love a beautyberry in there, and I know that's going to make a difference. But couldn't I plant something that's going to make even more of a difference there? Um, definitely more than if I was a plant a non-native that's not going to attract anything yeah. or very very little. I would feel incredibly guilty doing that. So I do that at home, and then now it's taken another step is saying I need to be more vocal. Like what we just listed, saying I'm not I'm not a big social media person in general I, i'll use it to consume i'm not a, i'm not social on it yeah. per se so that's one be, of my I'm goals well. is to to not just become more social but really frame it around native plants because that's so so important and we have we've developed a platform now through the podcast that people for some reason are interested in what we have to say yeah. so that's one way to really spread that message and not just talk about it in this media, but go across medias and uh, and get more active. So I've actually it's going to be tough for me because it's just not my personality. No, you know, it used that, to be but. mine, and I've really like social media was a big part of my yeah. life, like eight to ten years ago, and it's not the same part of my life now, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. I, you know, but you figure you have the ability to spread the message, and that's part of the reason. Like, if you're a member of the Native Plants Healthy Planet uh, Facebook group, I shared. Uh, my visit and, and me and Agatha when we went to Tyler State Park because it was a beautiful day and it was mm-hmm. the right message. Yeah. And I, I want to get people involved to see, hey, this is what we're actually doing on, on our time off. We're visiting these natural spaces mm-hmm. and enjoying them and you can too. And, and yeah. not just, hey, we're doing this. What did you do? Like mm-hmm. share your story with us. How, yep. did, how did you yeah. be a part of it? You know, um, you know, and I think about, uh, you know, what you were saying with native plants is there a better plant like i'm actually going to plant some amsonia which is not it's a native plant mm-hmm. but it's not native to here um but we're also taking out something invasive 
to yeah. plant the Amsonia there. So it's doing better than what was there. Yep. It may not be the yep. best plant for that thing, but I love that plant. I, I want to have that connection with that plant, and I'm taking out something that's not doing any good. It's actually doing harm and yeah. planting something mm-hmm. good there. So it's um, – man, th- this podcast is making me a better person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, me too. And, it's, and it, it, <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's, I think what it is, it's put more – We like I just said, we've developed – an People who actually want to listen to us, yeah, and and agree with well, I agree with a lot of things we say, and probably disagree with a lot of things yeah. we say too, and, that's and okay. challenge us. That's okay. And uh, yeah, we don't. I don't want to just be a um, a someone who's preaching but not actually doing it. No, uh, that would that's disingenuous to me. And, and I well, and I have been doing it quietly, but I want to make sure I'm doing even more than I have. And been. yeah, I've been doing it quietly as well, but I want to do more. It's yeah. you know, but we talked about it early on. A lot of these great organizations, you can't join them all, but we were joining ones that yeah. meant something to us. Like, oh yeah, that was. And we, I want to do more of that we as had well. National Wild Turkey Federation on, and I was like, I turkey hunt. I I love what they do. I follow all their social media, but I I'm not a member. Why am I not a member? It's 35 bucks for the year. Why wouldn't I do it? Same thing yeah. happened with uh, privately with backcountry hunters and anglers with when we had ducks and limited. I'm like, I, I follow all their stuff. I go to the dinners when they used to have them, but I'm not. A, why am I not a member yeah. of this? And uh, so I joined. And it's uh, I yeah. Did. There's a lot of organizations that we have on. I'm like, why? Why am I not affiliated and, with this? And and I did the same thing with New Jersey Audubon. Agatha actually just um, did it with WWF. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't even know she did it. You know, yeah. that was just something that that meant something to her that she did it. So it's, you know, it's and share those experiences with everyone as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of it. I understand we do a lot of it behind the scenes. I I know we're we're doing it for the right reasons. You're not tooting your own horn. Mm. You know, we're not asking you to do that. But share your experiences in your yard and yeah. in, in your and that's so you said tooting your own horn. I'm just not that kind of person to go and say, mm-hmm. oh, look at all the great things I'm doing. Yeah. But to really, in my mind, to really make a difference and a- appeal to people who aren't already in this circle, that's what I'm going to have to you do. Have to and do that's it. what I think a lot a lot of us have to do. Is and, and I, I've met a bunch of our listeners now too, so I know you're also not those kind of people who want to go online yeah. and say all this stuff. And I'm almost like repulsed by that kind of behavior sometimes. Yeah. But if we want more people to plant native plants that are not already doing it. That's what's going to have to be done. Yeah, and it's making a shift. Like, I'm a pretty private person. It's yeah. okay to be a private person. My Facebook page, like, I, I'm, I'm probably not going to accept your friend request if you, if you send a friend <laughs> yeah. request because it's a lot of family stuff. It's a lot mm-hmm. of things like that. But I, I really contemplate it. Like, my Twitter's open and unlocked, and mm-hmm. um, I, I thought about unlocking my Instagram mm-hmm. uh, and, and trying to play more of an active role in – ecology and native plants yeah, using yeah. my instagram if, if people would follow and it's kind of under a name where you're not going to find it anyway mm-hmm. but um i'm thinking about doing that yeah Should oh yeah me leap? too i'm off to a great start i went to mount cuba the whole thing i'm, like, I'm gonna take so many videos of me here and talk about the yeah. really cool things they're doing and i so caught up I was waiting to I for you do to do it you know what I was waiting for the Mount Cuba post yeah and, and yeah when Fran when Fran when you were gonna go I was gonna say hey we need to make all these videos down there and and even like videos pictures with, with exactly. former guests and, and things I like just, that yeah, didn't even have time to do it just uh, catching up but, it will happen one of these yeah. days I'm gonna start doing selfies with former guests and and doing yeah. that and it's 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 important not just on on the native plants healthy planet 
social media but are on, on our own mm-hmm. social media. And you can yeah. make a difference too. If you're posting a picture of your property on, on Facebook and you have people that are asking what you're doing, that's just another way to spread the message. Exactly. So don't be afraid, but only do what you feel comfortable with. You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of things that we don't do. Just do what you feel comfortable with. If 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 you bring one person to the circle, would, you made a huge I difference. I would say break out of your comfort zone a little bit. A little bit. Just All take right. take that first step. All yeah, right. Like don't don't go crazy. And, All right. I'm gonna unlock but, my Instagram. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. So if, if I you, will too. And all right, it's, all right. I'm gonna unlock my Instagram. If you wanna follow, you wanna you wanna throw out your Instagram. Oh, I don't, Fran. I don't even know it. I'm gonna say mine, <laughs> and it almost makes me sad to say it because yeah. of the timing. But mine yeah. is Mr. Turd Ferguson, uh, which is a reference to Norm Macdonald, who just passed away, uh, and him playing Burt Reynolds on SNL's uh, uh, Jeopardy spoof. So uh, I'll unlock that as as soon as we're done this, and uh, it's right now it's mostly family stuff. But I'm going to start doing more and more. Uh, native posts to try to get people more involved yeah and mine is uh is t-k-n-e-z-1207 all right and um and i'm gonna unlock it right now and i haven't posted anything since uh mother's day and before that was probably like it was 2020 all (laughs) right let me see i'm gonna have to get on it when was the last time i posted i of course and it's a piece of pizza by the way yeah Uh, Yeah, a lot of family stuff a lot of food stuff on there september 7th was the last time i don't even know how to unlock it i guess you got to go into settings yeah that's what i was going to do right now privacy all right it's no longer private i have a public account yep me too all right there you go you can now follow us if you're interested you may not be but we're going to make a conscious effort to uh, make sure we're posting more native plant stuff we want more people to see this we're preaching about it we need to do it too. So. Yes, and so. we hope you do as well. Awesome, awesome. I think that's I think that's it. Oh yeah, yeah. That wraps us up. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Buzz. And thank you everyone for listening to Native Plants Healthy Planet presented by Pylons Nursery. Thank you R J Comer again for our Buzz theme music. Make sure you stream or buy R J's music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume your music. Um, I think we're going to do a petition for new theme music for our three different mm-hmm. segments. So uh, if you have theme music that you want to uh, submit to us, you can send it to info at nativeplantshealthyplanet.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Pineland Nursery, Facebook at Pinelands Nursery NJ, Instagram at Pinelands Nursery, and YouTube at Pinelands Nursery. Don't forget about the question and comment line. Call us at 215-346-6189. Again, 215-346-6189. Ask a question, leave a comment. We'll play it on a future episode of The Buzz and answer it to the best of our abilities. And uh, keep it going over at the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group. Uh, we got a bunch of new members this week, and we're really appreciating the conversation. A lot of new people uh, chiming in and, and posting, mm-hmm. and, and yep. we're really happy about that. Uh, make sure you send us your most beautiful rendition of uh, of what Saul looks like yes. through your your artistic means of choice. Um, we're we're really excited to see him, and we're hoping that Saul is excited to see him as well. I know he is. Yeah. So uh, we also have T-shirts. So oh, and I should mention, you send that to the same email, the info at nativeplantshealthyplanet dot com. You send it there, and that's where we're gonna compile everything, and then eventually tabulate who's gonna yes. move on. Um, we now have T-shirts. Uh, we are so happy that we were finally able to donate some some money to some great causes, and uh, I don't I don't want to insult anyone if they didn't get ch- or if they didn't get chosen this time because there's so many people who fit that description. People who are just doing it; they're so passionate about it. Yeah. It's it's their life, 
And uh, so we're hoping that we can donate a lot more money to those kind of organizations in the future. The, the more shirts, the more good we can do. Exactly. So um, you can visit that store at www.nativeplantshealthyplant.com. There's just a banner right at the top that says T-shirts. Click on that. It'll take you to our Teespring store. And the, all the profits from those shirts we are going to, to support, we're using to support these organizations. So uh, you can listen to the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast directly at www.nativeplantshealthyplanet.com. Uh, you can also check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, really wherever you consume your podcasts. Uh, when you're there, uh, make sure you subscribe. And if you leave a five-star review with a little write-up, I'm going to use you as my, my listener shout-out. I'm going to keep doing that until it gets overwhelming. So, um, And if you can share this with a friend, it really, really helps. Uh, you want to do a secret? It's your secret. It's friend. my secret. Yeah. So I, I can't remember if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. But I'm actually and, – and you're going to chuckle because you know behind the scenes I'm allergic to poison ivy. Now, I have many, many allergies, but I'm, I'm allergic to poison ivy. And the reason Your why – Your friend is allergic to poison ivy, and he is excited to let everyone know. <laughs> Twice in my lifetime I've been hospitalized mm. for, for poison ivy on my face. And I guess it was probably like four years ago, five years ago I got it on my face, and it just wouldn't go away. It seemed like I had it for like six months, and everyone heard about it every day. Mm-hmm for six months so when How i get it moved a quarter inch over to the right yeah and- <laughs> everyone everyone is allergic to me complaining about my allergies <laughs> oh, to yeah. to poison ivy but i have so many allergies what's what i find interesting is agatha and i have many of the very same allergies so it's it's really interesting so uh but yeah it's it's one of those things where i really can't get near it like if there's poison mm-hmm. ivy where i'm working i can't i, I can't even look at it yeah or, or i get it bad so yeah I, i'm fortunate enough that i'm not really allergic to poison ivy i get like little bumps I'll, like if it'll be wherever my sleeves meet my wrists yeah. like wrists if i'm wearing long sleeves or short sleeves it'll be maybe in my elbows but um i don't really get it and uh so i'm fortunate in that way my wife gets it bad though really like i, I was wor- i was working cutting down some branches one time and there was some poison ivy mixed in and I had it on my shirt, and I gave her a hug, and she got it all over her face, oh. and she was covered. It was real. It was I, really bad. I did learn from someone I know that turned out to be allergic to poison ivy too. Like when they give you the steroid treatment, one knocks it down, but you need a second to knock it out, mm-hmm. and that's what's the difference maker. But by the time I get it, like I, I did learn that it's like you can't give it to someone else. Wherever the oil touches, that's where you get it, so it doesn't spread. Yep. yep. But. I get it all over and bet like my arms I get like Popeye looking arms because they'll just swell up yeah. really bad. <laughs> yeah. So I know that's not a very sexy secret, but that's my that's yeah. <laughs> that's, that's and now my every, yeah, everyone's privileged of the same joy that we have yes. of hearing about your poison ivy. The yeah. next time I get it, that will definitely be my complaint. Yeah. So so with that, thank you everyone. I'm Tom and I am Fran. Thank you again, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next week. We're not sure if it's a rooted discussion or a, a meet the guest yet. We'll finalize that up, but you will know as soon as we know, obviously. And until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planted Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Remember to like, share, follow, and comment.